Great. You um, mean a 180? I, or a 180. <laughs> it's a 360's going That's the same direction. <laughs> do it all the time <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably i am good 360 most days so that that probably that works for me ah. you know that's relevant for me welcome to the ceo parenting podcast i'm thomas cox this show is all about hearing the stories of business owners or c-suite executives who have kids and they're still doing great in both parenting being a spouse and business Join us each week as we talk to somebody and just hear their story. The biggest thing we do is hear people's stories, and that's what's most fascinating from people that run billion-dollar companies to people that run small businesses here locally. It's a lot of fun, and every week it is different. So our guest this week is Miss Crystal Strickland from Southern Posies. All the way from Montgomery. All Drove up just for this. Yeah, just for this. Just so to see you. I'm, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, okay, Southern Posies. I want you to talk about Southern Posies in a nutshell, and then let's trace back and talk about just kind of your story. Got it. So what's so, Southern po- Southern Posies? Yeah. So we um, are an event planning um, and floral design company. Um, I would say we specialize, you know, in weddings. And that was kind of our bread and butter initially. Mm-hmm. But we also do a lot of corporate events, which I love too. So I'm really passionate just about serving mm-hmm. people during, you know, special milestones in their lives and businesses. So I guess in a nutshell, I would say we're planners, designers, and floral designers. Okay. So let's talk about the the intricacies of that. So it's three things. So planners of planning of an event, I deal with people, you and people like you all the right. time. Some are great, some are not. Um, you were, your, your team was great when we worked Thank with you on this last event. Um, the, the plant, the, the designing part, yes. I, I get floral design. Yes. I get planning the event. Let's what talk about the design part because that's really, uh, like an abstract thing for it a lot is. of people. Right. And I'm, I'm so glad and love talking about this because okay. it, it can be very vague, um, about what design actually is and what, what is the difference between that and just planning. So, you know, with us, my goal, I want to be able to intentionally approach every single client with a new set of eyes for every single project that we do. By that, I'm meaning I like to take them, you know, and understand exactly who they are, what they love, you know, who they're about, like what fires them up and really be able to take, you know, themselves, their personalities and infuse that into their wedding or event. Um, And so by learning more about our clients, we're able to be very, very intentional and purposeful with every single detail that we infuse into the planning itself. So think of it like this. We are, in essence, we're the architects, Mm -hmm. you know, of the event itself. And then we're also the interior designers and the builders. So it's kind of everything wrapped all into one. So with having the design component, it's not us just booking, you know, uh, a vendor and saying, okay, we have it booked and it's done. It's us taking it a step further. And I'll give you a scenario in a second, taking that vendor once it's booked, then we're focusing in on those design details that really make um, that event very unique Mm -hmm. and different. So, so give me the example you're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, for example, I would say, let's just give catering, you know, um, a shot. So we book a caterer, right. Um, and we've talked to the catering company have kind of talked about ideas and things that they might be interested in food wise, but I like to take it that step further. We're going to do a really detailed questionnaire to get to know 
the our, caterer or the person? The person, okay. the bride and groom, so or the corporate client, sure. whoever it might be. Um, and really understand their likes, dislikes, if they have any like traditions of mm. food in their their family, certain meals, or even if they've traveled somewhere and they love, you know, a certain, you know, type food, whatever it might be. I want to find out those intricacies of the catering itself yeah. and the food itself in order to be able to put together a really deta- detailed curated menu. So once we have that questionnaire in play, then we're sitting down and we're talking about, you know, different food options and ideas. And then we break in as far as, you know, how is that going to be displayed? Sure. Is it going to be on a five foot round table? And what color is that linen going to be? Mm-hmm. Are we going to have, you know, elevated serving pieces? What are those serving pieces going to look like? Right. How is it going to be served? Is it going to be, you know, in a chafer or a bowl or an individual like, you know, precious little cup or cone. Carving station, action yes. station. Is a human going to yes. be there? Is a human it, not going to be exactly. there? Exactly. Yeah. Double-sided, those... single-sided. Like the questions can yes. go on as, right. just right. in catering. Yes. And that, so that is what I'm meaning by more of that design element. And then breaking into like food cards and signage, mm. you know, what do we want the servers to wear? Do we want them to have matching bow ties that coordinate, you right. know, with the colors of the event? Or are they going to have fabulous aprons that have the, you know, couple's monogram or crest. There's a lot of different, you know, facets and intricacies of every single vendor in play at an event. So our job, we want to go in and find out those details with the client to be able to bring those out. But you also don't have to go to that extreme on all the events that you do. Correct? Like, Mm. like, okay. So let's say for example, so some people may not want that. Yeah. Well, Like, like it's not important to me that all the serving people have our monogram. It's not important to me. So you just say, okay, great. That's fine. Correct. Yeah. They're going to make the ultimate decision on what they want to do and what they don't want to do. But I feel like, you know, for us, it's what makes our events very unique Mm -hmm. and different. Approaching it with a new set of eyes and presenting a client with a lot of different ideas that come to our mind after we've gotten to know them and understand more about who they are, what fires them up, what they love and bringing that all together. So, so here's the, here's the thing that we have. So we're very, very similar to that in a, in a way of like, tell me what you want. Yeah. We had, Emily has questions that she asks that kind of bring those things out. So you have what I, this, what you described is what I call extremely custom. So you have something that's extremely custom. You said it great when you said, see each client through a new set of eyes. Yeah. Which is wonderful. Do you have an option? Because we do. Mm -hmm. Do you have an option that is more? I hate to say the word, but more streamlined or more simple. Simple. You know, I am not a simple girl. Yeah. And, you know, it's sometimes I wish I could be. I tend to overcomplicate things, but I've realized that's also what makes me really good at my job Mm -hmm. because it's it's oftentimes the finite details, Sure. you know, that really can make uh, an event very unique and different. Um. So I would say, you know, if it's somebody that is wanting more of a simple, you know, approach, very cut and dry, they're like, hey, I just need a caterer for an event. You know, I've referred, you know, caterers left and right, happy to, you know, divulge that information. But if it's somebody that is looking just for more of a, you know, hey, I need this, this, hey, I need that, they're probably not going to be best suited for our planning and design service just because they're not able to take full advantage 
of what we're good at and what we do. Okay. So here's a technical question. You meant another answer. Yeah. So for everyone that makes a contact with you, what is your close rate? Meaning 10 people call contact with a email. Mm-hmm. Susie, Aunt Susie said to call, you know, Crystal, because y'all went to Sunday school together or whatever. What is your close rate out of, of that percentage yeah, wise? I would say probably closer to out of 10, seven out of 10. So, it's so of 10 high. people that call, mm-hmm. y'all book with seven of them? Very close. Yeah. That is high. So, it's, we're like probably 30 or 40. Yeah. Uh, but see, we also have a few different services. So it's, you're going to have to define what they're calling about. If they're calling specifically about wedding planning or just florals. Okay. So let me give you an example. So what if someone calls, who wants to someone calls Neely here in Birmingham, Neely Mm -hmm. Butler, Maria Mee. She's great. She's awesome. She's wonderful. But they want you to do flowers because you're great at flowers. Like your flowers are wonderful. I've seen them. They're they're great. Do you ever have that happen where you've got another planner and they want you to do the flowers? Yes. And we love that. Because my philosophy early on in my business, and we're a little over 10 years old, it was, and I know you hear it, like community over competition. I wanted, you know, other, you know, people in the industry to be able to feel like they could call us. And even if they're a planner or designer, feel like they could lean into us and hire us for, you know, floral design services. Because I love partnering with other creatives. And it's truly like, it's almost like a mastermind at that point because you have so many different parties involved. Um, So I like to approach it more of as, as like a community and collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I feel like I've hopefully done a really good job at making sure that other planners feel that way about us. So let's go back. So where'd you grow up? Let's start from the early days. The early days. So where'd you, where'd you grow up? Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. Born and raised. Yep. Yep. So high school, um, college, talk to me about that yeah. transition. So, so you tell me what you majored in, but I still don't know what that is. So talk about, where'd you go to high school? So I went to Trinity Presbyterian, okay. um, private school in Montgomery. Yep. And uh, then from there, went to Auburn okay. and loved it. I was on the, the four and a half year plan, had a squeeze in an extra me you too. Know, football season. So um, there I was in human sciences and majored okay. in apparel merchandising. I originally was in apparel in apparel design, which is a little bit different than the merchandising route. It focuses more on, you know, like seamstress work, sewing, designing, you know, making your own clothes. And- so, so if someone's going to go go into, it's not hard, easy to say, someone's going to go into apparel merchandising, mm-hmm. what will they be when they grow up? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the merchandising route is, I would say it's more of that trajectory with, you know, you could be working at like a large, you know, department store or eventually have your own retail, you know, boutique okay. um, and not necessarily have to be the designer or you might be a buyer, you know, for let's just say Dillard's or Macy's or, or Saks, you know, go into these larger stores and be able to handle more of the merchandising. Side so of that's more business oriented. A little bit more business oriented. But you're not in a school of business. So I had a dual minor in finance and business administration. So I didn't throw that one in there, but yeah, so okay. I had two minors and then majored um, in apparel marketing. So when you pick that, cause they've got hospitality at Auburn. They've got a great hospitality they program. They do, they do. Cause that's your hospitality. Mm-hmm. When you pick that, what did you want to be? Like, I want to go do this mom. Yeah. So funny enough, I thought that I wanted to have my own clothing line and oh, boutique. Yes. And 
I was that girl in high school mm-hmm. that was making my own clothes. I would really, yeah, lay out my own patterns, and I was so like in. make your own clothes because you didn't have any. Your family didn't have any money, or make your own I, clothes because that's what you I wanted to do. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, like, that's great. I, I loved it. I loved fabrics. I was bedazzling my shoes. Yes. I added butterflies to my heels. Bedazzled. I have not heard the literally word literally rhinestones <laughs> so covering my shoes, and I was you know I would literally leave trails of like glitter and beads everywhere I went. That's but awesome. I um I just have always loved creating sure. and um. I love to paint um, really anything with my hands. I'm just okay. super passionate about it. It just fires me up. But so that's what led me on that trajectory. Okay. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Then, and I, but, but <laughs> believe it or not, it, I, I feel like the Lord has, you know, he sets you up in these different paths, you know, in your life. And you're like, why in the world am I doing this? Or what does this mean? And funny enough, I actually use a lot that I learned um, in that degree and also with previous jobs that I had, um, about fabrics and textures and like how to take color, mm-hmm. you know, and infuse that into an event. So I, I laugh and tell people, you know, where I used to love dressing people, I dress events. Yeah. So, no, that's great. So you go to Auburn, get this degree and then transition from there. Where do you go from there? First job. Yeah. So, First big girl job. So yeah, I, had to have an internship um, okay. with my major and I ended up taking an internship with a social and event planning magazine in Montgomery um, called okay. RSVP Montgomery. And their focus was really twofold. They had the the publication mm-hmm. um, and then they had the social and event planning side where they would plan events and then put them in the publication. So, so they just did a, what they do events for just, just to put in the magazine. Well, people would call, you know, and want, you know, planning for their wedding. Oh, so they were like planning event, services. planning services, yes. Oh. Yes. So, not a bad little model. Yeah. But, and the main reason why I wanted to do my internship there was I handled all the fashion photo shoots with the magazine. So, I helped coordinate, you know, everything with photography, with models, you know, with different, you know, stores and brands, um, handled dressing, you know, just determining all of those logistics involved in the fashion spectrum of the magazine, that editorial. Okay. So the internship, let's talk about internships because yeah. I think internships are a waste of time <laughs> in, in, in some way, in but, some hear, ways, but hear okay. me out, hear me out. Yeah. I don't love having interns because about the time they get to know something, they leave. They leave. Yeah. But if you can have an intern that works hard and at least has an idea of what to do. Yeah. You get value and they get value. And they get value. Well, so, so tell me about, was you, did you have a good internship? I did. Um, cause she offered me a full-time job when I there did graduate. Go. So, mm. um, it was during that internship that I, I learned a lot of different things. Um, I really got to dabble in events mm-hmm. and just kind of understand how, you know, you put an event together. We sure. were doing sweet 16 birthday parties. Mm. I mean, put together an elaborate sweet 16 birthday party on a riverboat, you know, and had three levels of entertainment and, you know, just really fun experiences that, you know, pushed me into that event world that I didn't even realize that I loved. Um, And then I was also handling weddings. So my boss then at the time, she was like, you know, I really, I want you to be able to focus on any of the weddings and a lot of these events that come in. Um, in conjunction with the other stuff that you're working on. And I also handled a lot of ad sales as well, which we can get into that. Okay. Too. So let's go. Um, <laughs> so, so you're planning events, you're planning weddings and you're doing ad and sales. I'm doing ad sales. So, so um, they are using you. So I had, you know, really my, 
I was immersed in so many different parts of that business, but I thank God for it today just because it taught me so much. Um, yeah, you're doing so many different things. It gave you an opportunity to say, I like this and I love this. 100%. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So I was that's handling really stuff with the city of Montgomery. I did all of the, we, at that point, we're doing like pub crawls, which are, I would call businesses and have them, you know, provide or offer a, a discounted, you know, food or beverage or a free item. People could come down to the pub crawl. They could get a wristband and they could hop from bar to bar or restaurant to restaurant. It's a lot of fun idea. entertainment. So um, did a lot of fun projects like when that. When did you do Wine, that on Second Avenue down Wine, here? <laughs> Wine festivals. Yes. Um, so I've coordinated just a lot, you know, a big um big events, um, with that company. And then I also did smaller scale events as well, which were like birthday parties yeah. or graduations. Um, I remember doing something for Bassmasters, you know, just really fun yeah. events that were super cool, you know, to work in. And that's when I also had the opportunity to start decorating, you know, and designing at some of these events. Cause the people that were hiring us were like, Hey, do you, have anyone that can do flowers or that can help me with, you know, linens or this and that. And I was like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's Done do that it. Before. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Got this. So, so you, did you take the job after college? I did. How long did you work there? So I was there, I want to say over probably two years. Okay. Maybe? So two years. Yeah. So you're 20, 24, 25 at the time. Mm-hmm. Cause you're on a yep. four and a half year plan mm-hmm. like me. So 24, yes. 25, where did you go from there? So, um, are you married? I'm sorry. I yes. am married. Oh, yes. you are married. Okay. I met my husband um, when we were 14. We started dating when we were 14. Yeah, we're one of those couples. Oh, wow. High school sweethearts. Um, so, yeah, he actually, he went to Trinity as well mm-hmm. and then went to Auburn. We kind of followed each other. And um, so sweet. he moved back. I moved back. He's a banker. Okay. Um, so he's a super smart yeah. finance guy. Um but yeah, so I'm trying to think two, a couple of years there, but there was at one point where I just wanted to learn as much as I could about events because I really, that love, um, for events flourished there. Mm-hmm. So my boss at that point, I was kind of going back and forth between some part-time work for her during the week and wanted to kind of go into some weekend work at a venue downtown Montgomery. So okay. She totally point, separate. Though. Yes, totally separate. Um, so with the magazine, she had me, you know, certain portions of the, certain hours of the week. And then I would go and work for a venue um, certain hours as well. And then I was also helping another floral designer in town um, on various weekends just with setups and takedowns. So I really like hit the ground running just to understand more about events as a whole um, with the venue that I worked at. I it really educated me on spatial like awareness, like more about how to actually set up a space, what works, what's not going to work, how to sell a space. Um, so that was a really cool, you know, uh, avenue as well. And then of course, boots on the ground, working with, you know, another designer. Um, that that occurred probably. Designer uh, like actual like spatial designer or like flowers because we haven't gotten into flowers flower yet. Designer, okay, but I didn't have the opportunity to actually learn from her, like doing flowers in the studio, uh-huh. more or less. It was me coming in once the flowers were arranged, like on a Saturday and just helping set them helping up, set you know, up. and helping, um, she's a planner as well. So helping her, you know, on the back end with planning. So, so let me get this straight. So you're, you guys, you're working in a nine to five ish job with the RSVP mm-hmm. on the side weekend. You're doing, um, event stuff at a venue. 
and and yeah, your working flowers. So this is very very similar to me. Yeah. So you get out. I got out of college and wore, had three, two or three jobs. Yeah. No kids. You mm-hmm. married yet? So I, I'm, I should have. I need to look and see what year that was. But I got married in 2011. So and I graduated in 2009. So, yeah, so it would have been right. Yeah. Right around there. Now with the venue, I did work more of like a part time. I don't honestly don't even know how I did it all. Like I was working with the magazine, with the venue, with, you know, I was just everywhere because I wanted. But, but that's, that's that. the way it's supposed to be, Crystal. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the amount of things that you learn by, by fire. Yeah. You can't replace that. No. Because you didn't have a kid. Mm-hmm. Your husband was probably working a lot because he was young too. Yep. Two ships passing the night in some ways, which is totally fine. Right. Like, I mean, to a certain extent. Yeah. So like he, I think that's the way it's su- supposed to be as far as just like when you get out and when you start. Yeah. And I've always same been way with me. a self-motivator. So yeah. I've always, you know, enjoyed working. Mm-hmm. I come from a, a lot of entrepreneurs. My grandfather um, started uh, a building, custom home building business. And my parents are now in that same they do business. The same thing? Yeah, they're custom home builders okay. for the same company that my grandfather started. And, um, and it's funny, I always tell people like if you want, an incredible permanent home, call my dad. If you want an incredible temporary one, call me. <laughs> I can do it. I'm essentially building a home, you know, with mm-hmm. events. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, so, yeah, it's it's funny how your course changes and the experience that you gain really can mm-hmm. set you up um, into figuring out what fuels you and what you love the most. Well, you, you were in so many different things. You realize pretty quickly you don't want to own a venue or you may not want to own a venue. You love the flowers. Okay. So transition. So you're there too. You're, you're doing all these things. Tell me what was next. Okay. So then I totally did like a 360. Great. You um, mean a 180? I, or a 180. Because <laughs> a 360 is going That's the same direction. Right? <laughs> I love that. I do it all the time. <laughs> I'm probably, I am good 360 most days. So that, that probably, that works for me. Ah. You know, that's relevant for me. Um, so yeah, I did a 180 and. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and went a total opposite direction. Um, I was really trying to make ends meet. My husband and mm. I, we, we were newly married and we, you know, at that point I just had to make some decisions and stick to like one. Stick to making money. Let's make money. Let's make money. Yeah. Okay. The, it's time. So I ended up. I'm a little scared of what you're going to tell me. You're going to laugh. Okay. Um, it's okay. So <laughs> I end up going into uh, sales, uh, an additional sales type job, but it's uh, Gannett is the parent company that I worked for. They own the Montgomery Advertiser and other mm-hmm. broadcasting networks across the country. Mm-hmm. They're huge. So I was clicking my heels in the corporate world. Okay. Um, but what they wanted me to do was be their deal chicken girl. Um, I don't know what that means. So deal, D-E-A-L, mm-hmm. deal chicken is, I don't even think it's in existence today. I'm not, it might be, it might go by a different name, but it was similar to Groupon or Living Social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was going out and selling getting deals from businesses. Okay. So you'd say go to, uh, XYZ steakhouse, uh-huh. Thomas's steakhouse, Thomas's steakhouse. Hey, Thomas's steakhouse. Come in here. What we want to do is we want to put you in this deal thing uh-huh. and we want you to give a coupon for, so, this is my pitch, Thomas. Okay. All right. Tell me, let's do it. So, all right. 
I I'm Crystal. Hi, Crystal. With Dill Chicken. And oh, that's the real name. I have the yes, that's the real name. We have a, it's a chicken mascot. Like I had to go in parades with this chicken beside me on a float down streets throwing out candy. Yeah, the whole perfect. Works. Okay, so hi, Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Thomas, so like your restaurant is incredible. Thank you. But like, tell me about your business. Like, what is your traffic like? You know, uh, on you a- know, we got so and so and this, this, this. Okay, yeah. I can help you. Okay. So, deal chicken. What we're about, you know, is really promoting local businesses, and we want to be able to take your business and push it out there into the world and have additional people that may not have stepped foot into your steakhouse, but they are going to step foot into your steakhouse and they are going to come in droves. So let me tell you how we're going to do it. Tell me. All right. So I need you to offer like a $50 gift card. Okay. In essence. All right. We're going to sell it for 25. Okay. Of that 25, I'm going to make 60%. You're going to make 40%. But I'm telling you, all of these people, they are going to be lifetime customers. Because they're going to come back. They're going to come back. And here's our return rate. And da, you, da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Were you good at it? I I was. Okay. I, I, yeah. Did you I, make a lot of money? I did well. Um, I will say the caveat to that is... My boss at that point, he lived in, gosh, he was like in Illinois, mm-hmm. maybe even Chicago, like a bigger city. Yeah. Um, and he was comparing my market to other big markets like Atlanta. You oh, know, or in Miami. Montgomery. You were selling Montgomery? I'm in Montgomery. Yeah. Oh, wow. So my goals and what I had to reach, you know, goal wise was a lot tougher, you know, but just because sure. it's not a, you know, as big of a city, we don't have a lot of. We have a lot of industry, but it's, you know, nothing compared to like Atlanta. Atlanta. Um, so I had to meet, it was a hundred cold calls um, every two days and I had to document those. And so I would burn up the phone lines wow. and I was hitting the pavement and I don't do well when somebody tells me no, like oh. I want to find out why you're telling me no, because we're going to figure out how to make it a yes. Um so I was all about the sales. Like I, I did enjoy that. I liked getting out there and I did feel like I was helping businesses because there were a lot of businesses that I had not even heard of. And like, I felt like other people, if they had heard about them, they would be they would go. You know, loyal patrons as well. So how long did you do deal chicken? I hate that. I, I feel like funny saying that. <laughs> okay. A little over a year. Um, did it, did it, okay, so yeah, let's talk logistically. Year. Did it help with the finances? Did you make did you make more money doing that than you were the other stuff? I did, um, I did, and you know benefits. You know, I was looking at all the different right. things that you know was able to offer. So you're like 25 ish mm-hmm. at the yes. time. So you and do deal chicken for a year, then what? Now keep in mind, I told you I'm not a simple girl, so I had other stuff going on on this side. You know, when okay. I was not working, I was already kind of like trying to prepare myself and starting my own business. And okay. So you knew, okay. So why did you think that you, why did you know, I say no, why did you think you wanted to start your own business? Was it because of granddaddy and mom and dad or? Um, I don't, I really don't know. I, I guess so. I guess you could attribute it to me growing up in that environment and just seeing how hard my mom and dad worked and, that's what I knew. Like I would go and sweep out houses with them and put out pine straw, you know, um, clean windows. So I grew up, you know, going to work with With mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you could, you know, say that definitely, you know, had a part in 
me wanting to start my own business. So what are you doing on the side of dill chicken? So I was trying to think here. I had some friends of mine that were engaged and planning their weddings. Perfect. And I was like, well, you know, like they knew I worked for the magazine previously and I did events. They're like, will you, you know, can you help me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like I've been wanting to do this. I miss it. I want to get back into events. Um, I'm scared to do it full time. I just don't think I can financially uh, go full, full force into it. And like I told you, my husband is a finance guy. So he's, you know, he's like, we need to be realistic here. I'm the dreamer. I'm like, oh, let's just do it. You know, we can yeah. make it happen. We'll worry about it later. Um, so I stuck to having, you know, that full time job. And then I was doing, you know, those events just on the side and, and helping out friends. Okay. So you're planning on the side. You do this for a year. When you leave, Deal chicken, what do you do? So I didn't leave on my own accord. You got fired. <laughs> I don't even like to say fired. Oh, well, it, I guess it sounds better, but I was terminated was the word they used. So I'll never forget it. It was a Wednesday afternoon and around two o'clock. And I get a call from my same boss who was in, in Chicago. Chicago and, um, he was like, Crystal, uh, the company, they are restructuring and there are about 20 positions across the Southeast that they are consolidating that they no longer need. They feel like they have people, you know, in corporate that can handle what you're doing. You are no longer needed. You have two hours to get everything off of your computer and get clean out your desk. And your last paycheck is in two days. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Did you start to panic? Like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. In, insert like crying, hysterical emoji. So like let me go was, back. Let me go back to this. This is a, a super out there question. Mm-hmm. Did you have school debt that you had to pay for? Did your husband have school debt he had to pay no. for? So we're not having to pay for school debt. We're not. And we were so That's blessed. That's great. Yeah. So thankful. Okay. Yes. So you get terminated, fired, mm-hmm. let go. Pick your terms. Last last paycheck. Oh, buddy gives you two hours. Yeah. And then then what? So I'm literally going to my desk, like, because I had the opportunity to where I was working at the advertiser office, even though I didn't have like a direct manager there. Um, and then I was working, you know, from a house and honestly from my car, wherever I was going, you yeah, know, sure. to you all your know, stuff. Meet these sales quotas. And um, so I head over to the advertiser, clean off all of the chicken stuff and dump it into a box, you know, carry everything out and boohooing and crying. And I'd made friends at the advertiser that worked directly for the newspaper. And they were like, oh, you know, just shocked and felt bad for me. And yeah. So then from there, I was like, okay, God, like I've realized if you are. if you close a door, you're probably going to open a window At least and I maybe hope. the window is me to like actually do this thing yeah. and go for it. Um, so I did. So, so after getting let go, what do you do from there? Like what are the next say, six, eight weeks look like? Yeah. So, Cause everybody wants to know how did you start? How, so yeah. you had to start. So I started what we did very slowly and very methodically yeah. and like, Secure financially. So you did not have that. <laughs> yeah. No, I was Rick gonna, Rick gave you yeah. your last check and yeah. said you got Rick to go. Rick was like, peace out. Yeah. You're done. You're consolidated. Yeah. And I was like, I hate that word, but fired is probably even better. Yeah. Whatever. I'm out. So what um, did the first six, eight weeks look like? Yeah. So it's honestly kind of a blur because it, it's pretty wild how it all just happened pretty fast. I I remember talking to my husband and I was like, 
trip. I don't know what we're going to do. What, you know, should I go full force into this events thing? Let me ask you a technical okay. question. How much, what percentage of the household income were you? Oh gosh, at that point, um, I would say he was, he was definitely, he was definitely the breadwinner for sure. I mean, he was, I was bringing in, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look back, but I, I don't really know what percentage. Half? Maybe a little less than half. Less than half. So, so pretty yeah. good chunk of y'all's income. Okay, Maybe go ahead. Less than half. Um, all right. So I decided at that point, I was like, okay, I need either need to do this, you know, full time or just table it and go into something else. Um, so I prayed about it and I was like, okay, what do I do? Well, lo and behold, I literally get a call. Like it was either the end of that week, like that Friday or the next week, a friend of a friend had gotten engaged and she had seen the wedding that I did for my friend and she wanted to talk. Great. So I was I like, need, I need a deposit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is perfect timing. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's meet. So I remember driving down to, oh gosh, it was, oh man, what is the name of it? It's down 65. Like I was headed towards Monroeville, mm-hmm. but we stopped and ate at Ruby Tuesdays. Yes, perfect. <laughs> Greenville, so somewhere I, around there. It's Greenville. Greenville. That's it, that's it. Yeah, there's a Ruby Tuesday uh, Yes, that, that was it. Pulled over, you know, I had like my little notebook and, you know, all the things and Walked in and set up shop yep. in Ruby Tuesdays, and we talked about her wedding. And you know, I just tried to act like I knew what I was doing. Sure, really didn't. And um, but she hired me, and yes. that was really the first first like true hire. Okay, so, so she hires you, and then what? What comes next? It then just kind of snowballed, like, and that's the funny thing too about small towns. So. My husband always laughs at me too, the way I pronounce it. I always say Monroeville, but it's Mon- Monroeville. Monroeville. Yeah. Um, Monroeville. Um, down there, you know, it, once we had one of it, it was almost like it just kept happening. So I was like in Ura, Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, in Monroeville um, a lot. Cause because all of those towns, here's the thing. All of those towns have pockets of people mm-hmm. that have money, no matter how, socioeconomically depressed they are, there's always a handful of people that can afford to hire a planner mm-hmm. for something. Yeah. And they all have friends and all those friends come. And yep. if you do a good job. Yeah. They all want to hire you. They all wanted you to do something for them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's what happened. That's what happened. Okay. So at this point it was just you. Were you doing flowers too? Because you talked about the flower stuff. Yes. So, so you're like 26. Yes. I'm young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was doing flowers because I loved flowers. Sure. That, um, was something else I was very passionate about my, so sidebar, my, my grandfather was an avid rose gardener. My grandmother on my dad's side, she worked at Kafka in the nursery. Um, so my, and then my mom, she loves to garden and I feel like I just come from a family that we love gardening and just big dorks about being outside right. and all of that kind yeah. of stuff. So, um, I forget where I was. Um, plan the first event, plan the first event. And then it snowballed from there. Yes. So at that point, you know, I was 
I felt like things were good. Like I, I kind of felt like we were getting calls and, you know, people were asking us and inquiring with us and wanting to see what we could do. But back to the flowers, that was something I knew early on that I wanted to implement just because I loved it. Like I felt like that was, that was just me, that it fit me and, and what I love doing. I love to create with my hands, but I'm also very analytical. So that's why I loved the planning side of things and, okay. you know, being more of a passionate problem solver. So I taught myself, um, how to do flowers. Did you, how, how did you, I mean, say you taught yourself, <laughs> was YouTube prevalent back then? No, not really. So you um, couldn't look up, like I, I look mean, up just about everything. I mean, I guess you could, but I, uh, literally purchased probably every flower book you could think of. So you had to actually do it with books. Yes. I was reading and I still have a lot of my notes to this day. It was like a, in an old, just like three ring binder, um, and notepad, but I would take notes, um, just about, you know, different flowers and like tips and tricks, you know, what to look out for, how to keep them hydrated. And I mean, anything you could possibly think of. And then also color theory and different design techniques. And so funny enough, like my first wedding in which one of my good friends, she'll laugh. Uh, she hears me say this, her wedding, I had no idea um, what I was doing with mechanics. Like she wanted hydrangeas for her big archway. Sure. Mind you, her wedding was in like June. It was hot. It was like 103 heat mm. index. It was super hot. I didn't realize that I needed to incorporate floral foam, which is Oasis, yeah. you know, or some type of watering mechanism with those hydrangeas. Those things just. What did you up. call it? Some, now you call it semantics. You call it what? Huh, o Oasis. No, no, no. The You said the flower. You didn't understand flower. Uh, um, not analytics. What'd you just call it? Okay. Sorry. So mechanics. flower mechanics. What is flower mechanics? So when I'm saying mechanics, I'm meaning more about like the structures that you can use to actually install floral arrangements. So the mechanics okay. that go behind stuff you know, that you don't see. Correct. Yes. Okay. So, um, that experience taught me like, Hey, you cannot put hydrangeas on a PVC pipe archway, which that's what her dad made was like this PVC pipe arch. Did they die? Oh my gosh. They wilted. They yes. look horrible. Um, but she loved it. I mean, like, and looking back, it is, I will say it is still beautiful to me to this day because it was such a special sure. day for her. And it was truly the first, I guess you could say my first wedding, mm -hmm. not my first one that I was like paid, hired to do. Yeah. Um, but I learned so much from that. That wedding truly like kicked off my, the fuel that I needed and the passion to understand it's okay to make mistakes. You got to learn from those, dig your heels in and figure out how to make it better next time. So I'm going to, this all is going to go together. So how old are you now? 36. 36. So you've been doing this right around 10 years ish. Mm -hmm. Yep. So as you go through Southern, you, you, when do you start? Do you, is it Crystal Strickland events or is it, does it start out being Southern posies? So it started out just like, I didn't have a name. Sure. You know me, I'm, Again, go back to the intentional factor. I'm very intentional in like what I do with my personal life and my business. So I wanted to have a name that meant something to me. And I remember doing a lot of research and bouncing a lot of different names off to people and like family members and friends. Um, I remember at one point I had written down like posh posies or something like that. 
Nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just so many different random right. names. But then I eventually settled on Southern Posies just because I feel like being from the South and like great name. Southern, it's just being Southern itself. There's so many like things you think about, right? Being a Southerner, you think about hospitality, you think about entertainment, about loving and caring and serving people. A friend of mine, Jeremy Crabtree, who owns uh, two coffee shops in Cookville, Tennessee, and Mm -hmm. owns a sticker brand. He made a comment about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And he said, because he sells uh, stickers, not even bumper stickers, stickers Mm -hmm. with Southern sayings on there. Okay. And he makes so much money. (laughs) And I go, bro, how are you doing this? He goes, the South is a brand. It is. Yeah. And I think, I think the SEC has helped that. Mm-hmm. I think our, the success that we've had athletically, I'm just going to be, I think that's part of it. But I think also like the Chip and Joanna Gaines stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the husband and wife from Mississippi that are now doing it, the, the, the home stuff now. Yeah. The South is a brand. And so being I, Southern, people poke fun at us, but it is a brand in itself. No one it ever, is. no one's proud of being from the North. That's true. Seriously. Yeah. Think about it. Who's yeah. proud of being from the Northwest? No one. Yeah. But I am extremely proud to be from the South. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just something that like, you can't even really describe it unless you're here. You I know, it's, agree. It's a great it's way to say it. one of those things, but, um, and then posies means uh, like a gathering of flowers, like a little, you know, so I just felt like. It fits. It, yeah, it it worked. It was perfect for who I am and, you know, what I stand for and right. what I love. So Okay, so you have a name We're mm-hmm. in, in the 10-year process. So one of the things that people always want to know, so there's a friend of mine that does flowers in Trustful, does a wonderful job with mm-hmm. you, Sure Bunch. Um, when, did you, when did you get to the point where you realized you couldn't do it out of your house? And you had to buy space because that is a big tipping point for people in owning their own business because it's a huge risk. The first risk is when people are working a W-2 job, Mm -hmm. i.e., you know, the naked chicken or whatever it was called. (laughs) And you have to transition from a W-2 job to doing your own thing. Self-employed, yeah. And then the bigger transition, I think, sometimes is actually paying money. For a space. Yes. So how long did it take you to go from doing it out of your garage slash house to actually paying for a space? Yeah. So I think it was around, I'm going to say maybe six, seven months. We were oh, already exploring. It. Yeah. Um, and then it we might not have signed the lease until like a little after a year, but we were already exploring like where we needed to go, what we needed to do. Um I was doing everything out of the living room mm. and dining room of our small little 1920s bungalow in Old Cliverdale, um, which is a, a little like almost garden district, Montgomery. Sure. And um, I remember soaking floral foam, all my stuff in my bathtub. And my husband was like, Crystal, we're going to have a permanent green ring in all of our tubs. Like you, That's we right. have got to do something. And flowers were in every nook and cranny and, my dog, you know, would carry Did you have any tulips. pictures of all that? You know, I need to look back. You I, need to. I, yeah. Because I that's mean, fun. Yeah. It, I vividly remember sitting there and, and making a lot of this just myself because yeah. I couldn't afford to pay anybody. And Absolutely. Was my next yeah. question is like, do you have yeah. any employees at the time? I didn't. My precious husband, God, he 
you know, he did so much. Yeah. I mean, it truly just anything that I needed. I mean, he was like, I remember us going and setting up events, he and I, and then my mom and dad following behind us. My parents were there, you know, helping too. And um, that's wonderful. Huge. Yeah. And my parents, I'm super close with my mom and dad. Um, incredible people. But they've always been big believers of me. They're like, whatever you want to do, I don't care if it's hanging on the back of a garbage truck. We're yeah. going to love you for it. We're going to support sure. you. Like you can do it. Um, so they just, they literally believed in anything I wanted to do and always have. So they, you know, would hightail tell it with us, you know, down to South Alabama or wherever it might have been. And we'd load up these flowers. And at that point, my dad had this trailer this big pull behind trailer that was enclosed. Oh yeah. That's nice. And for, especially he, for flower people. Yes. And I didn't mention this. My parents, they also had a antique business. So massive, huh. huge warehouse antique business called Lulu's addict antiques. My mom's nickname is Lulu. And, um, they were doing that in conjunction with building, building. but it's when, you know, we were in that economic downturn oh, yeah. and, uh, oh, building yeah. was moving a little bit. Construction was moving slower. Um, so they had the opportunity to do more of that, but still doing building and real sure. estate on the side. Now they're full fledged, crazy, like building houses left and right. So it's just been a blessing in the antique store. They no longer have it. But when I started my business, they, they did, did have, I bet that, that was huge and for like props and business. And exactly. So I was doing props before yeah. they were like really a thing. Uh, I was pulling vintage furniture and antiques. That's awesome out of their warehouse. Yeah. And that was eventually part of our name. It was like events, florals and props was part of Southern Posey's name. So, um, hmm. I had an enclosed trailer lined with shelves. I do have pictures of it. I need to find it. That's great. And that's where all of my inventory was. So it was just crammed in this yeah. small enclosed trailer. And so we would pull that, um, to different, we wouldn't take it to different locations. We would kind of keep it mainly there at the, my parents antique place, mm -hmm. but I would, you know, if I needed it, somewhere else I could take it obviously, but I really didn't want to because there was a lot of breakables and stuff like that. But so you're in a, you're in a space. Tell me about your first space. Yeah. So, um, well, hold on. I want to go back yeah. for a second with that first wedding that I was hired to do. I remember my parents went down with Tripp and I, and we had a box truck. I was terrified to make a lot of the flowers ahead of time. I, like I said, I really didn't know what I was doing. So I, made, I would say majority of the flowers the day before and day of, and I remember making the bride's bouquet and handing it to her out of a U-Haul. Mm. And I look back and I'm like, how in the world, like, yeah. did I go from that to this? And the people that trusted me to do that, it was just, it's incredible. So, God puts people in our lives that give you a chance Yeah, and they're one of them. And that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I can't, I could list the names of the people that gave me a chance the the Kevin Bowens and Mike Campbell who like gave me a space to cook believed in you yeah they believed in me and they're like this is nuts but then obviously you sit there and go you look at me not look at me now in a bragging way but like look at look what? like yeah. like hey thank you because yeah. you gave me a shot yeah. to do that and that's what that person did mm -hmm. so man that's yeah. great all right Pretty so cool. so first space yeah so tell me about that so I moved into a space on Mulberry Street which okay. is a kind of in that same garden district, mm -hmm. Montgomery. And I occupied like a little sliver of the front part of this old house. Um, and my little, I mean, it probably maybe a few hundred square feet. It, it wasn't very big. 
and in the back was a caterer. So they had their catering business who was it? in the back. Do you remember who it was? Um, it wasn't um, Brooks Seal okay. uh, is the owner and, and Janet Roberts. I can't remember the name of their catering company, uh-huh. but they were fantastic. Yeah. Great people. So they would be back there cooking and, you know, they did events and then I was up front working on flowers and I had my own like little shelving area with different vases and containers. Everything was organized and I had my desk, you know, where I met Mm -hmm. with people and they would come in and talk about their events. And so that's where I started out. So you have a, so let's kind of not skip, but just fast forward to, you've got a team now. You've got a great team. Mm -hmm. So tell me about. The first question is, when did you move into the beautiful space you're now? Because you've got a wonderful office. It's Thank a you. butler building, but you have decorated it wonderfully. It looks amazing. It looks so good. It's Thank such you. a beautiful space. You're a little bit outside of Montgomery, mm-hmm. uh, but I would say still the Montgomery area. Yep. So tell me about this new space. Is this the land that y'all bought? Yeah. So... Well, and when we moved from the first place on Mulberry Street, I actually just jumped a couple of houses over and ended up occupying another place on Mulberry Street. Okay, so right there in downtown Mulberry. I was, okay. I occupied that entire house at that point because we just needed more space and I had four storage rooms. So I just didn't have enough room for everything. And okay. And my husband and I, we'd been like praying about it, trying to figure out where we wanted yeah. to go, what we wanted to do. And because we really had outgrown the space, and but we just didn't know which direction to head. But we live in the Pike Road area, yeah. so we um, we really just naturally were inclined to go out that direction. Where you and live, yeah. We uh, ended up stumbling upon a piece of property that was fourteen point six nine acres. It was zoned residential, but I don't know something about it. We were just like, there is something here for us. Oh, it's and beautiful. We, we just felt like maybe, just maybe, we could convince um, the owners to sell it to us and let us put a business on it. It's awesome. It's a beautiful space. Thank so you. in that transition over the years, who was your first? This is another transition that I talk about all the time. So quitting your W-2, mm-hmm. buying your first space, hiring your first human. Oh, my gosh. That it, Hey, look, that you are paying their bills. Terrified. You're buying their groceries. Mm-hmm. If they got kids, you're putting clothes on their kids. Mm-hmm. That is a crazy thing to think about, yeah. especially if you can barely do it to your own family. Yeah. So yeah. who was your first full-time human? So my first, I want to say it was a girl named Valerie. Okay. And then there was a girl named Kristen after her, but both of them were fabulous. And I mean. What did they do for you? So they helped me just, honestly, it was, it was wearing a lot of different hats because at that point I was just really trying to figure out the business itself and like yeah. what I needed to do. And they were helping me with, you know, different planning, you know, facets, you know, with, with clients and then also helping with flowers. We also had what we call our floral and event team members. It's usually like it's people that have a full-time job, but they want to work, you know, events on the weekend. Great team. Yes. You had males. Mm -hmm. When we worked you not too long ago, you had males, Mm -hmm. females. Yes. All of them extremely nice. All of them had normal jobs. They come in, they work for you on the Saturdays, and they were so they were so good. Awesome, yeah. And I would say now we have roughly around thirty-two, I think, on our floral and event team. So it's a good rotation to where they can, you know, input. They idea. get a copy of the calendar, and they can input exactly, you know, when they can work. Um, and it's I don't know. It's it's been great. It's really worked wonderfully for us. Um, 
but yeah, at that point we had mainly just more like floral and event team people. And I had just the one full-time person. And then eventually I just added more and more, um, full-time people. And today we currently have, it's, uh, myself. And then I have, uh, Allie, my event manager. She's been with me almost seven she years. She was great. Yeah. Uh, she lives here in Birmingham, mm-hmm. but she says she travels back and forth. Not every day, yeah. but usually, uh, depending on what we have going on each week. And I have Debbie, my, um, uh, office manager and she's incredible. She has been with me for a long time too. Um, and then I have Mary Ruth and Anne, they just recently started and they're fabulous. Um, Anne is handling a lot of the floral side of things and Mary Ruth is in more of a planning lead type role. So you got four full-timers. Um, and then I have Grace. Five full-timers. Um, and she is incredible. She is working on a new project that's kind of top secret right now, but I'm excited to eventually talk about it. I can't right now, but we have some new things we're unveiling. And then Derek and Kwanda um, are also my warehouse leads and Kwanda is fabulous at flowers. Derek is like our, he is like all of our work husband. I mean, he literally lifts everything, anything, whatever we need. Um, So there's a slew of us. Yeah. There's a lot of us. That's so good. Um, Yeah. It's, um, it's crazy. I, never thought like if you would have told me it would have looked like this now i i, I wouldn't believe seven it. full-timers mm-hmm. okay so let's talk about a little bit of a transition that people that throws a lot of people for a loop yeah having your own humans mm-hmm. so how old is your your um your first child so mary layton will be three end of august three years old okay yes. so here's the what people struggle with so i missed the first three years of my kid's life because okay. I was coaching college football and just, I just didn't see her. Yeah. How has the transition been? That's a vague question. Let me ask it a different way. What is your workload? How has your workload changed since you've had her? Like yeah. your workload previous to baby, now baby, now mom. Yeah. You know, it's funny before having a child, I felt like I had so much. I don't want to say pressure, but the amount that I, uh, of work that I put in, you know, in a day, I wasn't thinking about what time I needed to leave. I was constantly just, just working, you know, and, um, I've always tried to maintain a, you know, a a decent work-life balance, but it's hard that it's seasons, you know, there's some seasons that are busier than others, but I would say now having a child, my, it changed the way that I, like my productivity, just I've tried to ensure that everything that I'm doing, like I'm doing it as fast and efficient as I can, but I'm also delegating the things that I know at this point I can delegate Mm -hmm. in order to make sure the business is operating, you know, and all cylinders are firing where they need to. Um, And so I can still be, you know, a a full-time mom, you know, because I want to be able to go and do those things with her. And I like to be involved at her school and go to every single you know, function, yeah. and party and plays. So and play, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's really, class, all that stuff. really important to me. But I would say, yeah, my productivity has, I think it's probably if anything gotten better because I, I prioritize that. So what's the key though? Like, if you were to say, this is the one critical thing that we, you and Trip do mm-hmm. as a collectively to make sure a, you get all your work done and are still successful mm-hmm. and B still a good mom and spouse. Yeah. I, I would say at this point, and this has been a few years that I implemented this to where I, when I get home, 
I don't like to open up my computer and I strive really hard not to, you know, get on phone calls and emails and all, all of those kinds of things. Cause when I'm home and when my feet hit the door, I want to spend time with them and yeah. I want to spend time with, with Mary Layton and, you know, whether it's going down, you know, to the swimming pool or on the golf cart and, you know, going whatever. fishing with trip, whatever it might be. I want my attention to be on them. I'll admit some days it's hard, you know, as you know, as a business owner, even if you're not working, oftentimes you're thinking about it. Yeah. And so I think I talked to you about that recently. It's, it's a struggle. You know, it's something that I have to work on intentionally every mm -hmm. single day. But for me, not getting on my computer and like when my feet hit the door, I'm like in mom mode and wife mode. That really helps me just kind of like transition. Yeah. If that makes sense. Huge key for us. We, and I've done a, I've, I was able to do a better job at that mm -hmm. when I hired more. Yeah. Yeah. I think hiring for me, the key is, is leaving work at work and being home and leaving home at home is my staff. Yeah. Making sure that, if a telephone call comes in or an email comes in or whatever, at number one, I don't have to answer at that point. Right. But B, being able to have people that can take care of those things is a yeah. huge thing. Oh. And, I, and the, the, the thing is, you make less money. Yeah. But you have more time. Like, I could make yeah. a lot more money. Yeah. A lot more. But I would have... Zero time. Zero time. Well, I think... Especially with the late, the time-intensive jobs that we have, talking to people and being places. Yeah. And that's that's a good point. I mean, I, I think being okay... Sure. ...with letting that, you know, I don't know, that change in your revenue mm -hmm. be an okay factor with you. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing. I, I do think also allowing your business to grow when it needs to grow, because sometimes it's... I know for me, we can get in growing pains and I'm like, okay, do I hire, you know, another person or do I just like keep hustling? I agree with you. I feel like there's times where I need to like listen to my gut and just be okay with making that higher and it's going to set us up for better success. Let's talk about paying people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're, you've got, everybody's got different structures and the they. how many of your people are commission or incentive based, meaning they make more money when the company makes more money. Do you have anybody like that? Yes. So I do have my, in my planning roles, my, I have two lead planning roles and they have the ability to, there's different like buckets and checklists they have to, to meet and incentives in order to get those different bonuses. Um, so it's bonus based. It's bonus based. It's not like this wedding was a hundred grand. You get always get X number of percent of everything. No, you hit, we hit, we as a company hit these, these buck these numbers and you get a bonus. Now I do annual bonuses though at the end okay. of the year. Every yeah, I would say every employee, you know, there's there's an annual bonus at the end of the year and then typically, you know, raise as well. So we gotcha. have, you know, a team meeting, um, and individual meetings and evaluations. So usually I'll have each of our team members. I used to do it even with our floral and event team members, they have to fill out um, a little questionnaire just so I can see where their headspace is mm -hmm. and how they're feeling about their work. Um, are they fulfilled? Do they feel like they need to be doing something else? And um, what, what adjustments do they want to see within the company? Yeah. You know, so a lot of those questions that really help me gain insight to where the company should head the next year. And then from there we do evaluations and um, you know, and raises and bonuses at that point. So let's talk about pricing. Mm -hmm. So I know for us from day one to now, our prices have increased dramatically. Mm -hmm. What makes you, what makes you, 
when do you decide, hey, we need to go up on this thing? Not based off flowers, because if, you know, hydrangeas are $5 and now they're $9, obviously yeah. you have to go up. But what makes you up your service fees? Like the, the planning service? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a great question. It, it's it's honestly one of those things where it's it's a hard thing to gauge just sure. because you don't want to you don't want to price yourself so high out of the market to where people are like, Oh, well, I'm just going to go somewhere else, but you don't want to underprice yourself for the quality of service that you provide. So, um, for, for me, I feel like right now where we are, I'm, I'm happy with the structure that we have. Um, and I'll just be very honest. I'm pretty transparent about pricing, but, um, we used to be just a flat fee and Mm. that eventually hurt us because as you can imagine a wedding for, 200 people is going to look a lot different than a wedding for 600 people um, or a wedding that's a tented event is going to look different than a wedding that's in a club. You know, there's a lot of different mm. um, factors that go into executing a successful event, depending a on a lot of those variables. So that flat fee was not working um, and did a major overhaul of that. And we work off of a, uh, a base fee plus production fees on various vendors because that helps compensate for the fact that we're designing designing everything as well and not just planning. Production fees, meaning like the caterer cost $5,000. I'm just using caterer example. Catering yeah. costs $5,000. Mm-hmm. Y'all take a percentage of that. Correct. Take a percentage of the rentals, take a percentage of the whatever. Yeah, it's not every single vendor, but it's the ones that we know are going to take a lot more time on the back end based on headcount and also the ones that we know we are spending an intense amount of time designing as well. Do you... Up the percentage based off of holidays and travel. So we are implementing okay. uh, a lot of uh, changes to our holiday rates just because I'll be honest, I covet um, holidays and I know my team members do too. And if I feel like a sense of not really wanting to work, you know, at a certain holiday, how can I expect my sure. team members to want to work that too? So we also have, you know, team meetings about like, hey, you know, this event came in for this particular weekend. I know we're scheduled to be off. Do y'all want to take it? And if so, who wants to be the lead? And there might be some extra like bonus or pay incentives for that. Um, so I kind of give them the opportunity to also, you know, take ownership. We do the same things. thing. So like we have certain things at Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'll pay you more for this or whatever, right. or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So, um, well, th- this has been so much fun. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Um, I have too. I've enjoyed knowing more about what you do. And I really think there are a lot of, a lot of people out there that, that are fascinated with the planning industry. Yeah. And I feel like you've got a great story of. Thank you. And I'll be honest with you. It's very, very, it's, it's a little bit traditional, like a lot of ladies in the South, mm-hmm. meaning high school, go to Auburn, go to somewhere. They want to be a planner. They get, you got a real job, get fired. Mm -hmm. And then you are forced to start. Yeah. But I think the great thing about what you did is we had a wonderful support team around you and it's going to resonate. I really think with a lot of people, um, that are looking to do this in whatever kind of hospitality industry. Cause it's a, it's a very, very good story. So here you are. Would you say 36 years old, Mm -hmm. 36 years old, three-year-old child married, and extremely successful at a young age. And so I think it's great. So I'm so, Thank I'm so you. thankful to, to know you, that you came on. If someone needs to find you, whether it be on social, whether it be a website, where do they need yeah. to go? Yeah. So I would say 
definitely social media, yeah. our Instagram, Southern Posies. And then of course our, our website, we just got a shiny new, uh, shiny. shiny new website. Shiny new, shiny and, expensive. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and stay tuned too. We have some, some fun, um, projects that we're working on. When will that be available? Oh gosh. I feel like if I speak it, it's going to put sure. even more pressure on me. So I probably should speak it because it needs to be out there, but it's our hope this fall. Okay, great. I'll just get vague. Yeah, but, really yeah. good. Crystal, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. 